much for being here. Uh, I'm so, so grateful to have you on. I've learned so much from you in, in the short time that I've known you. And I'm so glad that everybody uh, watching, watching, listening, or tuning in gets to learn from you too. So thank you so much. Um, just to remind people what they're here for, like the whole purpose of the podcast is that business can be better and it should be. I don't think business should be a slog. It shouldn't be a grind. It shouldn't be painful or stressful or horrible. It should be profitable and freeing. Um, and I, I think I saw a poll on your LinkedIn the other day talking about four day work weeks. I'm like, you know, yes, everyone should have a four day work week yeah. so, <laughs> podcast. And so I think you're really going to do that for people today. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll, we'll probably talk about a lot of like scary things in business. Um, but I mean, we implemented the four day work week when I came back from maternity leave, um, mostly because for my own selfish reasons, I wasn't quite ready to come back for five days. And so I was like, well, I'm going to just start with four days. And then as we went forward, I said, you know, if I'm going to do it, I have to allow my entire team to do it. Um, as a growth company, I can't speak enough about the benefits of the four day work week. Uh, I find that for the amount of productivity I get from my team, I mean, my team is amazing regardless whether I think they were working five days or four days anyway, uh, but the amount of productivity we get from them and the investments that I have to put in them, right? I mean, essentially I'm paying like 80% of what a going rate salary is, but you would be amazed by how much people are excited just to have those additional days off. So I bet. Like the thought of a three-day weekend every week, <clears throat> I think we've Im implemented that in three businesses that I've worked with. And it just like you said, the morale went up, the productivity went up, the costs went down. Yeah. But yet, like everyone's life satisfaction went up. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you end up creating a team for life with it. And, you know, I mean, here's the reality is that, you know, people are like, well, you know, what if they're still working? But Reality is, is if you were working five days, you probably would still put in hours on a Saturday or a Sunday anyway, just because that's just who we are. We're human nature. I mean, my team might be putting in the occasional hour on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday. It, it's irrelevant. But the idea is they don't have to ever feel they're compelled to work during that time. And I think that gives them a lot more freedom. Uh, most of them choose the Friday off, um, but we have one, one woman who likes to have the Wednesday off. She's like, my husband works Monday. Monday through Friday anyway. She's like, at least when I have Wednesday off, she's like, I get to do grocery shopping and clean the house and everything. And she's like, I never feel like I'm having to catch up ever. And, and that's a beautiful place to be. That's awesome. I love that. So I like to have people introduce themselves because I feel like every time I've been introduced, I'm, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have said it that way. Or like, I, I don't like the way that came across or like, I'll be like, but what about this thing that I did that I sent you in the email? So if yeah. you don't mind telling people a bit about yourself, I would love to have you introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am the president of KO Advantage Group. We are the fastest growing company in sales training for entrepreneurs and small businesses across North America. Uh, we officially have teammates um, across Canada as well as into the US. And we specialize in B2B high value sales. So if you are you know, a project manager, an engineer, marketing agency, uh, you know, typically IT firm, HR outsourcing, right? You're trying to sell something invisible for a premium price. Um, come see us and we teach you how to go through the, that entire sales process. It makes it feel natural. It makes it feel much more effective. Um, I am also LinkedIn's most influential sales leader to follow, Success Magazine's most inspirational leader, Startup Canada's uh, Female Entrepreneur of the Year, and three-time author. Um, and here's my third book, Sell More Faster. I was just happening to sign some copies um, just That's before awesome. we got started. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't even know half that. I'm so glad <laughs> I would have, I would have really sold you short. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank um, you. What is this about quitting life to backpack? Maybe you can hear more about this. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, now it was six years ago, but uh, I was, I mean, I worked for corporate sales for almost a decade. I worked for a Xerox American Express, uh, Purolator, um, even a, a short year working in a medical device company. Uh, sales was not something I ever wanted to go into, but I fell into it and I fell in love with it. And, uh, and then it was 2014 and my entire life started to, to crack underneath me. Um, you know, the, the boyfriend I was with, you know, we were in a long distance relationship essentially. And, you know, as he's, he just didn't want to ever move in, um, in the same way. And I'm just like, ah, everything had to change. And I had this very, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert eat, pray, love moment, if you will. Um, I went ahead and just said, you know what? screw it, right? You know, I'm going to quit the job. I'm going to sell my house. It's way too big for me anyway. I'm going to trade in everything and I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. So I trade the four bedroom house in for a backpack that had like less than a week's worth of clothes. And I went backpacking around the world for six months. Uh, 17 countries on four different continents. I wrote about it every single day. Um, and when I came back, um, that was kind of the catalyst of, of everything that I do. So sometimes people ask me like, what's your one word, one, your one line thing. And I'm like, honestly, I started my own business to be able to afford my very expensive world travel addiction. Like that is it. If you want to know that, that summarized everything about me. <laughs> That's awesome. It's either travel or it's like, you know, affording to travel. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's, that's awesome. I love that. And I like, I want to share people, my experience with you, like, I was sold on you before I even got a hold of you. I was like, Kevin Gregus told me about you. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if anyone on the internet knows this, but Kevin Gregus was my very first boyfriend in grade five. Uh, oh, so he really cute. was. I hope he's watching this, right? <laughs> so We're all going to do shout outs on how cute Kevin is. <laughs> So anyway, that's great. But he connected me with you. Lane recommended you. Um, I realized like, I think last year, just, you know, I, I, I'm very much about service and I'm very much about giving and I'm very much about um, serving others and stuff, but I was always uncomfortable with the sales conversations. And so uh, a testament to, to your authenticity and your style was like the first time I talked to you, I was pretty much begging you to take me on as a client. Like I was like, no, Kim, just like, let's get started. You're like, I don't know if I can. I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> and so like, that was my first experience with you. And I, like, that's just, it's such a good um, example of everything that I've learned from you. Like you're so authentic and you're so, you're not teaching anything that's uh, like trickery or manipulation or a lot of people I think have a bad taste in their mouth with sales or even sometimes sales and marketing, but they don't really understand that it's just all about authentically serving. So- you know, that's it's a really good point, right? I mean, we're creating um, a little like promo video, if you will, right, to kind of like summarize what we are, because I think one of the biggest challenges, um, and I think it's a great challenge that any company should should take on, is how can you convey your entire message in like seven or fifteen seconds, right? I mean, like that's I think that is like the new challenge that we should all take upon. And so here we are, you know, I'm working with my marketing person, and we're creating this fifteen second like promo video. How do we explain what we do in the 
the impact it has for somebody in 15 seconds or less. And, and as we're going through, through words and everything, I mean, I think we came, came up um, somehow with this, like, you know, it's going to be naturally you. And I'm like, you know, like this, that's just what it is. Sales is not about, you know, like you said, like this manipulation and coercion. Now, don't get me wrong. I've studied that stuff. I love it. I, I thrive off of it um, because I think it's really interesting. But at the same time, I want to know it. So I also know where is that line? You know, the idea between manipulation, coercion being I am very, um, I'm very selfish versus, you know, a persuasion, which is very selfless. Right? I'm doing this because it's in the best interest of you. And I'm just showing you the facts you can choose. Sales should feel natural. And if at any point you feel unnatural doing it, like, I mean, and there's a difference between pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. That's a different conversation. But everything that you say in a sales cycle should feel very natural. And if it doesn't, you need to find yourself a new sales methodology. You need to find yourself a new teacher, a new formula, something, because it should be the most authentic version of yourself. Yeah, maybe I should have wrote that down, but what... I, I think it was an, even in an email the other day, but there's like the six stages. Do you teach six stages? Or six? Uh, we, we, teach, we teach six, six um, points like in a sales cycle, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe you're referring you, to? Yeah, maybe we can talk about that really quick. Touch on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, which is, I mean, you know, essentially it's just where, where you are with, with the buyer. So, I mean, the way we teach our sales cycle is really about understanding where you are in conjunction to the other party, this relationship. And a lot of sales, sales conversations, sales teaching will all teach about, you know, who you are as a seller. This is what you need to do. And, and even the classics, right? I mean, like you talk about your spin sellings, you talk about, you know, uh, your, you know, how to sell anything to anyone, right? How to be a brain maker and everything. They really just talk about what you need to do as a seller, right? This is what you do. This is what you do. And, and I look at this from a very, um, you know, kind of like almost romantic relationships uh, side of the, of the business, right? Whereas you can't go to couples counseling as a single person in the couple and be like, I need my husband to take out the garbage. I need him to do this. And then the therapist would be like, this is what you need to do, right? This is what you need to say. Like that, that's terrible, right? You want both parties to be a part of it because chances are there's something else going on, right? We need to understand what's going on for all, each party. So when we do our sales cycle, we ask ourselves, okay, where are you? Where is the buyer in relation to that? Because that's going to help to tell you where you are. And so we start off by just understanding what is the intention and what is, where do you want to get to, or what is the questions you want to ask? And, you know, very first start, like that suspect prospect, just get the meeting, right? You cannot tell me that they're a prospect in your sales funnel if you don't have the meeting. And oftentimes people will say, you know, well, it takes two years to get through my sales funnel or my sales cycle. And I'm like, that's a myth, right? It might take two years to like nurture a relationship. That's fine. But when you're in active sales cycle, that should be a very fast period of time, right? Like, like the moment I have decided that I need to change as the buyer, I'm going to make that, that decision relatively quick. And that should be less than six months. If it is let, like, and ideally probably even like three months, four months, maybe even like six weeks type of thing. If your buyer's taking a year to make a decision, like talk, it doesn't matter what the price point is, right? I mean, nobody ever makes a decision in a year unless they're really not looking. Talk to realtors, talk to like, you know, car manufacturers of like, you know, your Teslas, your Bentleys, everything else like this. It doesn't matter what the price is, right? When I'm in active sales cycle. So we go from 
getting the meeting to then asking the right questions, understanding where is the buyer, creating that value, moving you through into that proposal negotiation, and then a cross-selling follow-up. And this is, this should be, ironically, I mean, it was created like a flywheel before I actually ever read the book. I mean, right now I'm reading the book, Turning the Flywheel by um, Jim Collins, which um, it is a recommended read, but like for, be aware, like for like whatever, 40 pages or something it is, it's a really heavy read. <laughs> I don't think it has ever taken me so long to read 40 pages. So. That's scaling up for me. I, I, I'm going to review it because I'm interviewing Vern on the vodcast and I'm like, I can't get through it. Like I can read a book a night in the bath, a, yeah. a whole book in a night. And I can't do it more than a chapter a night of scaling up. It's so dense. Well, and you shouldn't, right? Like scaling up is like a year long process, right? Wow. And it's like, you know, it's something that, um, that you should take, take your time into. But man, has that guy ever, I mean, you, if you create one thing that works really, really well, you will live and like ride your coattails. Forever. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I guess what I really wanted to talk about, uh, today, I was hoping, like, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about sales and you have really helped me strengthen my belief that sales is natural sales is serving. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of touch on what you thought the misconceptions were, um, but also what's been coming up a lot for me this week that I think could help people is price because mm. I, I, I see so many people who, and, and me, myself, too, every time a coach tells me to raise my prices, I cringe, you know, um, but yet I see, I can go look at the, the financial statements and see, like, the thousands and thousands percent return on investment people are getting, but I still have trouble charging more. So I, I don't oh. know if you can pick one of those, but price would be an awesome, I think, help for people that are listening, because I think a lot of us undervalue or just are scared to charge more. Yeah. Okay. So here's the, I believe we should charge for them. Right. So, you know, I think about this, so about a year ago, I was invited to speak at this accountants um, accounting event, right. Some international women's accounting something or other. And, um, and so I'm on the panel and we're talking about sales and they have myself, they have like a senior partner of a firm. They have like, you know, this woman who owns her own accounting firm and there was somebody else in there and we, the price conversation comes up. Right. And the first woman that, who owns her business and she goes, whatever you do, don't ever be the highest price. She's like, because what's going to happen is she's like, you know, if you ever go ahead in RFP, she's like, they're going to take a, they're going to take a look at the highest price and they're going to get rid of you. They're going to take a look at the lowest price and they're going to get rid of you. And then they're going to stick somewhere in the middle. And I was like, I, like literally the same reaction you had, the, the jaw dropped, my jaw dropped. Right. And you know, I let her finish her thought and they, you know, the moderator's trying to move on. I said, no, no, no. I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, we need to have a conversation about this first. Yeah. I said, I wish upon every one of you and like for all of you watching and everything, I wish upon you that you are the highest price because the highest price still gets the business just because you're the highest price doesn't mean you're not getting business. It just means that you have to play a higher game. You have to, you have to challenge yourself to create more value. And I mean, I think we always will run into the pricing conversation. I, I am happy. Like, let's be very clear, right? We are not the cheapest sales training that is available out there. Like I, I personally selected us to be in that position because what I allowed us to do was challenge us to say, are we creating enough value for the client? If someone is paying this premium price, 
are they going to walk away and say that was worth every penny? Um, and I mean, we can use all sorts of different examples about the lowest price, but you know, there's the, you get what you pay for is kind of the misnomer that we've been we've been like we we've learned right. It's you know you know that when you pay for something cheap, you get it. Um, Wish.ca, right? I mean, there was this great video about this girl who bought all the Wish prom dresses, and she's like, I paid thirty dollars on this. Like, here's the picture. Here's what it actually looked like. <laughs> and you're like, you know, and you're laughing. You're laughing hysterically, right? But that's the whole thing. Is like, if you are, if you're an accountant, right, or you are a project manager or an HR outsourcing solution, do you want somebody to invest in you just because it's like, well we'll either win or we'll lose, but meh. Like, when somebody chooses me, I want them to be sold on me. And so price has a lot to do with that. And, and what happens on from a psychology standpoint is that there is cognitive dissonance in that if I pay for something much expensive, I expect a certain amount of value. And if it's not worth that value, I don't expect to pay. Therefore, if you were going through autotrader.ca and you see a Bentley, a car that is normally like $200,000, listed for $30,000, the first thing you ask yourself is what's wrong with it? Who's trying to scam me? Where's the, where's the fraud happening, right? We don't think like, wow, that's an incredible deal. <laughs> I should jump off perfect example I love you know and if we're like you know business coaching is the exact same thing right I mean you know you, you get to a point where you are worth it whether you expect it or not um I hope uh Jamila is watching today uh, because this is another conversation that I had with her amazing business coach right I mean she's she's out there she's helping you know these these female business owners both embrace their feminine power and create this exceptional experience and prices the price becomes this conversation conversation. Price has more to do with you as the service owner than it has to do with the client. Okay. Regardless, whether you are charging the high price or the low price, no matter what people will always experience sticker shock. So get over it, get over yourself. And if you want to start charging a high price, but you're not ready yet, start going ahead and anchoring people at something exceptionally higher because they're going to have <gasps> the shock, right? Immediately, regardless. And then you can come in and you're giving them the deal by saying, but I'm actually charging you down here, right? Even if it's a price, if a higher price, um, you know, I know business coaches out there. I mean, there's lots of business coaches out there that are like $10,000 a month, right? I mean, why are they charging that much more? You could say, well, you know, it's their experience. It's whatever else. No, they're charging that much because people are willing to be more committed at that level than at any other price. And when I say, when I go ahead and say, you know, and I'm charging a discounted rate at $6,000 a month, people are like, wow, actually that's, you know, that's incredible. Right. Like, you know, compared to compared I to, to something, I, I tell clients how much I pay my coaches <laughs> before I tell them how much I charge. Good. Good that you should. <laughs> yeah. You should. Yeah. And like, I would never, if I found a business coach or a sales coach that was like, Oh, I'm a hundred bucks an hour. I'd be like, no, thank you. Like you can't teach me. This guy reached out to me on LinkedIn the other day. He's like, our business coaches make 20 to $30,000 a month. And I laughed. I was like, no, thank you. And he's like, Oh, well then, you know, you must not want to make $30,000 a month. And I was like, no, I passed that six years ago. Like, thank you. Like, it's like, like the discount, yeah, it's a, and I try to talk to my, I have a, 
a really amazing accountant client who just the most amazing customer service, the most dedicated team, like they're all cross trained. So it's so much better than most experiences because anyone can help you. And there's, yeah. there's literally no mistakes and they find people so much money, tax savings, but they don't want to be the, I always say be the best and charge the most. And they're like, yeah, but it's like, no people, if people are shopping around and they get a quarter here for 6,000 and you're 3000, the better clients, a lot of higher quality leads are going to choose the more expensive one because they think they get what they pay for. So do you find that too, with the higher prices, you attract better clients? We, yes, hands, hands down. Like one thing I can be emphatic about is that every single client we get will get their results, right? Every single one of them, every single client we have, we absolutely love because they are committed to it. I, I easily, I could charge and I, maybe one day I'll do like a study or something. Right. But if I charge the, ex, like the exact same program for $500 instead of $5,000, we would end up getting so many people telling me that it's way too much work. It's like, you know, it's really like, you know, it's a lot, it's expensive, but nobody is going to say at $500. So like, holy crap. Like what we actually get is people at $5,000 saying we would have paid even more for that. Yeah. Right. And you know, that that's where I want to be. The other thing about being a premium price is that when, when I, because I'm a premium price, I don't need thousands of clients. I don't need hundreds of clients. I need a couple handfuls of clients. Yeah. And that is enough to sustain our entire company. And when I can, when I only need a few, a few clients, that means I get to spend way more personal attention with those that just want help. Right. We get to do things like sales strategy sessions. We get to give away free lunch and learns and webinars and like crazy amounts of content. Like we're just like, yes, yes, yes. We want to create, we want to, we want to inundate like the market with fr great free resources and there's free resources that are at a premium. If, if I was charging at $500, I would have to look at every single person as your client, your client, your client, your client. And every single conversation I would ever have to, would have to end in a sale which is unnatural for me. How do, how do I go ahead and say, be there for people, be a relationship giver. And oh, by the way, make every sale with every conversation. Like those are opposing values. And so by saying, you know what? I'm okay saying no, I'm okay not accepting. I'm okay walking away because I know that another great deal is down the road. That's the place I think that every business owner deserves to be. And I think we need to be there. Um, we'll probably touch on it right now because we're going to talk about times of recession, but especially in times of recession, that's where you need to be. Oh, well, let's talk about that then, because we did our Better Business Club, our online coaching program for free for three months. And now we're charging like half price for it. And I still feel guilty doing that. So um, luckily no one's asked me this yet. So um, so if I try to tell my clients to raise their prices or if business owners are listening right now thinking, well, I was going to raise my prices, but then COVID came. What, what is your answer to that? Oh, so I, I mean, economics tells us that no matter what prices are sticky, right? And that once you choose to raise them, it is really hard or sorry, not, not necessarily raise them, but once you choose to lower them, it is really hard to ever try to raise them again right? At some point, you're going to have to raise them. Now, timing is everything, but be very clear. 
if you, if everybody's going to have an individual look at their business, but if you have clients that you just don't like, they're like, they're eating up time, right? The, the time that you're spending with them is just not worth it. I had one client um, and, and I took her very early on in my, in my business because I needed the money. I'll be honest, right? Like I needed a client and, you know, everything about, you know, the conversation we were having, I should have like the, those spidey senses were going off. I'm like, she's just not going to do the work. She's just like, you know, she's looking for the scapegoat. She's looking for the fast answer, but I needed the money. I said yes to coaching her. And every single month, it felt like it was a drain on me. Every single month, it was like, you know, she would show up. She just didn't do the work. I'd be like, you know, what are you paying me for? Like, you know, you obviously didn't do the work. And it was excuse, excuse, excuse. And after five months um, into our six-month contract, she finally fired me. And it was honestly, it was a big sense of relief. Because I was like, oh, my goodness, I should have fired you. You fired me. Um, but um, but I was like, you know, good. Like, I'm glad. Because this wasn't, this wasn't the relationship that I should have been in. Now, the reason I took her was because I was desperate for the money. Had, if I told her, listen, I'm going to increase my rates to where I should be, that would have been a really easy decision. Now, what could I have done if I wasn't serving her? What could I have done? I could have been building my business. I could have been taking on a client that was going to pay me the rates that, that I was. I could have been doing things that I genuinely loved. And sometimes you're going to have to raise your prices and you will lose clients in that process. And that is a good thing. That is a good thing because they either don't understand your value or they don't understand where you are. But be aware of when the time is right. And I mean, I could talk about pricing forever, right? The unfortunate reality is, especially as solopreneurs, too many people price themselves as a solopreneur and not as a business. And so what they end up getting stuck with is having to raise their prices like every single year, right? Whereas, you know, if you, if you take a moment um, and, you know, for those of you watching, watch again when Vern Harnish comes in, because he's going to talk to you about, you know, what does it look like to actually plan your business, you know, five years in the future? Plan your business and the prices for where you want to be three years and five years on, down the future. And you will be better off. You will be more profitable. You will have more money to invest in your business. You will scale faster that way than just saying, well, I'm just a solopreneur and I only need to make $100 an hour. So this is how much I'm going to charge, right? Because it, doesn't, it does not serve you. It does not serve your clients. It does not help you to grow. Yeah. And I always bring people back to the, is it worth it? Because you could go get a job to make a hundred dollars an hour if you really wanted to, to just work for an hourly wage. But when you're, when you own a business, when you're out there being the one responsible for people's paychecks and bringing in business and paying the bills and keeping the lights on, you take on risk and you take on stress and you take on some sleepless nights. So you got to make sure it's worth it. The business Reality, has to your goal. Yeah. The reality is most people, they think they're making a hundred dollars an hour. They're not. Right. They have not like they're only making a hundred dollars an hour when they are actually doing the work. But as a business owner, I mean, you are having to do the marketing, the content creation, website design, you know, networking. Who is paying you for that time? Is that, is that worth nothing to yourself? Right. Cause that's essentially what you're saying. And when you actually break down the number of like, and you're honest with yourself 
and you say, this is the number of hours I've actually put into my business. This is the amount of revenue I've actually brought into my business. What you're going to find is that you would actually be better off getting yourself a minimum wage paying job at Tim Hortons, because at least then you were making enough money to sustain yourself. Right. And right now you've given yourself some misconception that you're making a hundred dollars an hour, but you, you put in 40 hours to get that hundred dollars an hour that it actually works out to be like seven, seven bucks. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm technically illegally hiring myself. Right? <laughs> like I should call labor standards on myself. <laughs> oh, that's, I think people need that paradigm shift though. Like if you're working your ass off, you work 50 hours a week um, and 60 hours a week, whatever you work, even if it's 40 hours a week. And then you look at the end of the year at your profit and divided by the number of hours you worked in that year. I remember somebody seeing, they thought they were making a killing but they made like $4 an hour profit. That was before yeah. tax. Yeah. So that's like a sobering, I think, I think that's a sobering. Yeah. You really have to look at that. And you, um, you don't even have to wait till the end of the year. Like just look even over the last, like, you know, month, three months. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. and like, be honest with yourself and it will be, it will be a big wake up call in which case then like your next call needs to be to like someone like you, right? Like, you know, it's like, listen, I need a business coach because this is, this is not sustainable, right? There's a reason why you're feeling so exhausted. And when you actually look at the facts, that's the reason why. Yeah. And the, the reality is the, the people who are doing it right are making more money and having more time off. Yeah. It's not like, I think a lot of us got stuck in like, I think my first job was at a Dairy Queen and we learned very early on the, the hourly wage, the hard work, the, you know, clock, you know, oh, I'm done in one minute, you know, I'm done working sort of yeah. thing. And so I think some people have trouble getting past the hourly pay, but it's not hourly pay. It's like, you're selling a value, you're selling a result, you're selling a, and I think the other thing that people miss sometimes is how valuable what they're selling is to people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They value it. You know, yeah. it, well, yes. And so when we talk about how do you value what you do, it is not about the time it takes you to create that, right? So um, simple example, let's take like a social media marketer manager type of thing, right? You know, my job is to like create social media posts, right? And it takes me, I have a whole bunch of templates on Canva, you know, it'll take me, you know, whatever, five minutes, you know, to create, um, you know, a bunch selection of posts. If I work for somebody for an hour, I can create them 20, 20 different things, right? But it's not about the 20 pieces in that hour that you've created. It's about if I had to do that myself, how long would it take me? Cause I'm not nearly as skilled. I'm not nearly as fast. It would probably take me like five hours to create the same amount of content that it took that one skilled person to like one hour to do it. So remember when you're talking about the value that you create, it's not about what the amount of time that you took to do that, but 20 pieces of content. What does that do for me? Right. Well, maybe I want to, maybe I want to post, you know, four pieces of content every single week. That's a week of content for my business. That's valuable to me, right? What is a week of content worth to my business? Maybe it's a few hundred dollars. Maybe it's a thousand dollars. Maybe it's even more than that as a business owner. That's what the value is. The person that is going to hire you, not the value of your time to create that. 
right? How much, how much would, can Kelly Ray do with what it would have taken her, the five hours it would have taken her to do that? When you, she's, you're not having to do that, what then can you do? And that's how we start to articulate what the value is to someone else. And value is individual to every single buyer. This is why we can then go ahead and separate, you know, our top tier clients from our low tier clients, right? $5,000 worth of sales training is going to be completely different to somebody whose goal is only to make $40,000 this year, right? $5,000 with a sales training where their average price point is $5,000 or $10,000. And that could also ultimately be the difference between me continuing to make $50,000 and me making $500,000. That is worth it to me, right? And that's how we need to articulate what value is and make sure that the price and the value are the same. Yeah. I think a lot of business owners are doing, even I'm just trying to think about the accountant or like a, um, a, an online marketing person or any sort of role like that, the opportunity costs, like they could be developing those high level relationships or selling a huge contract or coaching their staff who are selling like a lot more. Yeah. There's, I love how you said it's individual for everybody because I, I think I've been trying to find a, a blanket statement to help people get that. It's not about your hourly time. It's about the value to the client, but that makes so much sense. It is individual for each of them. It is right. And so this is where I struggle with, with people who ask me things like return on investment questions, right? How do I tell somebody what the return on investment is? How do I tell them? Um, the, the simplest answer I've ever come up with is that it's never up to you to tell somebody what the return on their investment is going to be. It is up to them to tell you, it is up to you to ask them the questions. It is up to them to tell you. Um, I was working with a, or I was trying going to work with a woman. Um, she was looking for, for a sales coach, business coach. She was desperately looking for like one-on-one right she she didn't want to look at programs and I said okay well, fair enough like this is this is what I look for when somebody is is on a one-on-one I don't take very many of them I it's not part of my business model whatsoever so I really do this as a um as more of uh like a, a love for for what I'm doing and and as we're going through the conversations and everything right we were at this sticking point because she's like well, what am I going to get if I'm going to pay you you know six thousand dollars a month what am I going to get for that and I'm just like well you tell me, right? How are you going to value that, right? What do you want? If you're going to pay that, like, what, what do you want to receive? And she's like, well, I can't tell you, you're the expert. And I'm like, like we were at a standstill at this point. Cause I'm like, I can't tell you what is going to be important for your business, right? I can't tell you how you're going to be able to know that this investment was worth it. Right. And if you can't articulate that for yourself, for me, that was a big red flag. Now, could I have taken her money and everything? Absolutely. I could have continued her down the sales cycle and like, you know, got it to close. But this comes back to the authenticity of the sales conversation. Right. It wasn't in my best interest nor her best interest to continue. Maybe it would have been my best. I would have gotten the money at least. Um, (laughs) It wouldn't have been in her best interest. Right. To go down this conversation because we would have every single meeting we would have been at this, like, you know, well, what's the value? I'm not getting it. Right. It's like, well, I can't tell you what the value is if you don't know what it is. Like it's, you know, and then we end up getting this like weird circular reference where it's like, you know, I can't tell you, you can't tell me, I can't tell you, you can't tell. <laughs> okay. I've, 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 you know what, for me, when somebody asks that question, I finally learned after six years to be like, I think we're done here. Um, you're right. Because like, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know until I look in your business with you. Right. Yeah. But, um, I, I just want to kind of like unpack that question that you're asking just cause I, I know what you're talking about cause we've talked about it, but I want to make sure everybody gets this. Um, especially if you're selling premium price services, yeah. um, asking them what they want 
to get out of it. You know, like for me, like every time, like my goal is to double the business and we're on our way, you know, like that is worth so much more than the fees. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, one of my favorite questions to ask at this point is just how, how will you know that we're successful? right? How will you value or like, not how you will you value, but how will you know that this was a successful investment for you? And I want the person to think on this. I want them to like heavily consider it. Now there's, there's two reasons why that's really important, right? The first one is, is that I need them to know that they, that it's not up to me to tell them. But the second reason actually has to do a lot with that psychology side of it. Because if somebody can articulate how they will know that they receive the value, now that they've called it out, they are more likely to then see it in the future, right? Now that I've told Kelly Ray that one of the things that I want to see in my business is more profitability. Well, I want to be more profitable. Okay, what does that mean to you? And she starts to dig in. What I'm going to do going forward after we've contracted is I'm going to end up watching my profitability. I'm going to be putting more intention on that, right? Which ultimately will actually make me more profitable. <laughs> I love that you said that because I told somebody this the other day, like the, you're going to have conversations that don't lead to sales, but that conversation should still be a gift to that person. Like yeah. it's not just about you trying to make a sale. Even if you just ask someone to tell you what their goals are, you can see it on people's faces. Some some people are like, I don't know. Like, well, you can figure that out because that's a huge gift to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're, we're not here to give everyone the answers, right? We're here to give you really good questions. And when you have really good questions posed upon you, now you have to think of it differently. And, you know, there's going to be, because if I, if I gave you all the answers, you're like, oh, you know, that's good. Now I, you know, now I, now I know, right? Like I've, I put the book on my head. I've read it. Now I know. Uh, one of the quotes that we use or one of our, our slogans is essentially like education is not the same as application application, right? We don't want people to come away being really smart. We want them to actually do something in their business with it. Yeah. And it's, it, I think one example I want to share from my experience is like, you can't, you have no idea how you're going to affect people or, or how you're going to change their life. Cause for me, they're like, when, when we're talking and we're coming up with ideas and you're making recommendations or you're asking me questions and I'm having realizations, like, it's not just it doesn't just change the way I do business or increase the service to my clients. Like it fundamentally has improved my personality. Like some of the things you want me to do, I'm like, why can't I do that? Why am I, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it's just, uh, yeah. Coaching is just so, um, it just creates such exponential value. It's like, it's, it's not just the money. It's like it, your life. It's like the book, you know, the, the book, the slight edge. Oh, I um, don't know that one. They just talk about like incremental changes consistently done over time, create like this much higher success rate later on. Yeah. I just feel like, yes, reading books like that. Yes. Making small changes in your life. Yes. But like coaching, once you've tried a good coach anyways, um, there's nothing like it. It's just yeah. makes an incredible Oh, I'm, I, I will, I will fully echo that. Right. And I think we need to find, you know, different coaches for, for different points in our lives. We, we have to constantly be educating ourselves. Uh, if you as a business owner have not allocated a certain amount to personal learning and development, you are doing your entire business a disservice.
right? Like, you know, like this is, you know, this will affect your, your leadership in your company. This affects your employee morale. It affects like the ways that we, we look at different things. Um, you know, I mean, I, I have, and you know, you and I are no different, right? But I mean, with, in my business, right? I mean, I, I have my coach and I have a peer mentorship group and both of them serve completely different purposes. And they, at the same time, right? I mean, I walk away like reflecting and being like, okay, like I can be a really good leader and I can, you know, and it's what it's meant to do is not in the points where you are in that, you know, holy shit moment, but rather in before you get to that point, because the, the things that your coach is going to pose to you are not if questions, but when questions, right? The reality is you are going to have employee issues. The reality is you are going to be positioned in a position where you're like, the revenue just isn't coming in, right? We have to pivot our business. We have to shift. We have to grow. We have to invest. We have to, and all these questions are going to come up and a really good coach is going to have you prepared for that game day decision, not sit there. And like the last place you ever want to be is like the bottom of like, you know, the ninth and everything. You're up to bat and all of a sudden you realize that you have no idea how to actually swing the bat for this pitcher right? <laughs> like that's just not where you want to be <laughs> yeah absolutely that's a good point because a lot of people are like in that reactionary place where they're constantly trying to deal with that swinging the bat but it's like you have to you have to get coaching and 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 educate yourself and learn more and grow better so that you can prevent more of those things down the road, but also be prepared to handle them when they come. Yeah. I, it's a really good point. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's so fundamental to, to your business, right? I mean, you know, as, as a, like, I mean, you know, there's the old saying, right? Uh, readers are leaders or leaders are readers and things like this. Right. But I mean, you know, if you want your team to succeed, right. And whether it's an actual team or a future team, you owe it upon yourself to be, you know, humble enough to say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to go find them. And not only am I going to find them, but I'm going to find them from the best source that is available, not the cheapest source, not the free source, but the best source. I want the best business. I shall therefore go to the best source. Not, I want the cheapest business. I will then go to the cheapest source. Like that's just, it's just so counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I always like to, after we've taught people like a hundred things that will really change their business at the end, I always like to get my guests to give a quick tip if you can. And it sometimes ends up being a long tip, but just something that people, if they're feeling kind of overwhelmed, they're like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that podcast again and write it all down. Um, but if they just take one thing, like one actionable thing, what would you leave people with? You know, I, I like to like, I mean, sales is a process. And I think that we need to take a look at what our sales process actually is. So, I mean, the fastest way of knowing whether you have a process or not is, I mean, you know, look at what your last sales deal was. Can you actually break it out into five parts? right? Can you say like, this was the step, this was the step, this was the step. And if you can't do it, right? I mean, and I'll, I'll give the link um, to, to everybody listening. You can go to bits.ly slash sell more faster book, all one word. Um, and you can actually download my entire book for free. Thank you. Learn, yeah. Learn what the actual process is and then, and then use it and apply it to your business. 
right? I mean, the, the biggest thing you want to do is how do you replicate success? Um, and watch, you know, when you have Vern Harnish come on and everybody else like this, all they'll talk about is creating a process, creating a system, doing it again and again. Figure that out for, specifically for sales and you will never, ever fail. Wow. I love that. So look at your sales process. How do they make their sales process better? Look at what works and systemize that. Get rid yeah. of what doesn't work. Yeah. Right. I mean, sales is, sales is an art as well as a science, right? Figure out like how many conversations am I having? How many meetings am I having? Um, and then from there, you will, you will be able to actually say that this is more effective. Like if you're giving out, let's, if you're putting out like three, four five proposals before one actually closed, I can tell you right now you have a broken process right? You shouldn't, you should not be putting out more than two proposals. You should not be having more than four meetings for every client that will eventually close. And you shouldn't have to reach out to more than 10 prospects. Now those numbers might vary a little bit, right? We've, we've noticed just, especially in COVID, our numbers have varied a little bit, but they shouldn't be dramatically off. And if you're finding that you're having, you know, you look at your calendar or you've had 20 meetings, you know, over the last month and you haven't closed one deal in that same month, that tells me you have a broken process. Something is not working. And therefore you need to go and seek out the sources to help you find out where is the broken, where is the crack in this? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you, you, like when you were telling a story and you're, I think it was a webinar about six slide proposal and you were kind of making fun of the person who, uh, I think you used like a boyfriend proposing to a, a girlfriend situation with, uh, instead of like a nice romantic proposal that was enjoyable for everyone, it was like, I emailed you a contract, babe, like, check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the prenup. <laughs> yeah, the prenup. That's what it was. I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Um, so the proposal stage, I think, is a part that a lot of us screw up. Uh, and I know that I was too. I couldn't believe when I heard from your point of view and, and what you've taught me, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is how it's showing up for people. Of course, that doesn't, that's not received well, you know? Um, so if I'm allowed to, I would love to share for my quick tip that six slide proposal webinar link. Do you have, can yeah. I share the recording of that? Absolutely. Yeah. You're more than welcome to. Yeah. That was like a huge eye opener for me. And I know a lot of the professionals that I work with uh, would benefit so much from that yeah. because uh, the, the wording that I think really caught me was like, I think you said this to me a few months ago. You're like, yeah, the last thing you want to do is just blindside someone with a proposal. Like, oh, I emailed it to you. Here you go. And I was like, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so different and it's so feels so good for everybody involved and it's yeah. so the right way to do it. Yeah. It's, you know what it's, I've gone through, I mean, now I've gone through a few textbook closes, right? Like, I mean, we've had, and it's amazing. Like when you follow that process, like it's, it is seamless. And it's like, I mean, everybody knows exactly what to expect and like, you know, on the price. And it's like, I, I mean, you know, let, let's talk about fallacy for a little bit, right? Is that, you know, when the more the, um, the more the price is, the longer the sales cycle has to be, right? And people think, well, my sales cycles, Kim, I'm closing like, you know, $50,000 deals, $100,000 deals. Of course, they're going to be, you know, four months, six months long. And I'm like, okay, so then why can I close the same amount in less than 30 days? right? Tell me what, what I'm doing wrong if it's supposed to take that long. And the reality is, is that, you know, when you're open and honest and transparent and you're guiding the way you need to, your sales cycles will move really 
fast, right? Um, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the six side proposal. The people at Zoom actually really enjoyed it. They actually hosted me on, on a webinar um, for all the Zoom users um, back in February. And so, um, I mean, Zoom since then has really taken off, uh, but it's a great relationship uh, to have. We ended up having, um, I can't even remember, I think we had like something like 3,000 people register for that webinar. And um, we actually capped out, they, they, they had, um, <laughs> funny enough, right? They would cap out their, their webinars at 1,000 people and they're like, uh, we're going to have to actually increase the number of people we allow. <laughs> That's awesome. It was yeah. so good. It's gold. I'm going to share that. So thank you so much. That's yeah. my quick tip is, uh, is do Kim's six slide proposal webinar. It's, you're going to be blown away if you're a professional and you're uh, selling high-end services. Absolutely. Um, where can people follow you? Not other than Facebook. Yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, come and check me out. Um, you can follow me. You can add me. Let me know if you're going to choose to connect with me. Let me know that you saw me on the, the webinar and I'm sure to accept your invitation. Um, otherwise, if you just enjoy just really good sales content, um, just go ahead and follow me. Uh, we were always putting out weekly tips and inspiration and sales, sales advice, thought provoking questions. Yeah, super amazing content, super helpful content. It's uh, it, even if you just follow Kim's free stuff, it'll absolutely change your business. So uh, Kim, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you more than you could possibly know. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for helping everybody that's watching, everybody that doesn't have the chance to say thank you to you in person. Uh, thank you from all of us. Yep. And thank you, Kevin, for being such a great topic for us today. <laughs> we love you, Kevin. Thanks, Kim.